You're listening to Rust Belt Running. Running is what makes me realize that, like, I'm a human being who is worth something. That is not a good measurement of my value as a human. We get between eight and 10,000 additional comments, and I read every one of them. So you had to run Sand Run for your first. You become race director and take it out. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's got to be old guy naked in the locker room. I, I get to spend time with my friend Adam. I get to do something with my friend. Right now, I'm not thinking much beyond what I'm going to be drinking next week at this time. Coleslaw on a taco is not taco, it's barbecue. And so we'll be discussing tonight with some occasional swear words from Andrew because he's upset. And that's okay. I know him as the biggest Kid Rock fan around. You rap that. <laughs> oh, dear God. You're listening to Rust Belt Running. I am Adam Wheeler. Find me on social media at Wheels Up in CLE. Joined, as always, by Andrew Hedinger, who you can find on social media at Andrew Runs A Lot. Andrew, how you doing? I'm I'm here where <laughs> where we've been <laughs> for for a while now. I, yeah. yeah, so I I mean I've been been working a little bit. Uh, my schedule keeps yeah. Well, dude, uh, didn't I say it on the interview with Erica and Heather? Snip, snap, snip, snap, snip, snap. Well, it snapped again. Yeah, I and, thought about uh, that when you talked about it. <laughs> I'm I'm back to. Uh, to on call, which is good news. Yeah. Um, but my goodness, I just, I just want, <laughs> I want to know what my, I want to know what is going on in three days at this point, and I just right. don't know that we have that. But, um, I mean, you know what's going on in three days for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, just, uh, it's the most it unenthusiastic, might... yeah, ever. My perpetual. It's not even a battle. You know, what's what's so hard about this is not having been through the unemployment process before. There are there's just things you don't necessarily know how to do. You don't know how to navigate the system. And I mean, from what I'm understanding from people that have done it before, Ohio's unemployment website isn't necessarily the best. Um, And so like the latest I got a message, I think it was yesterday or today. And it was something the effect of, you know, it looks like you worked beyond the day that you say that you worked. It's like, well, no, my last day of work was the 15th. And so I don't know if like, I don't get paychecks because I make more than I would be getting with minimum wage. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. So like, you, you know, I have to submit my answers. And of course I've never done this before. So I'm hoping that I'm submitting the right answers and you, know, you can't get anybody on the phone because everybody in Ohio is going through this right now. Right. So it's one of those like I, I keep submitting answers and it's like, OK, I really hope this is the one that gets me approval. And uh, I mean, I'm not worried about it. I, I kind of saw where things were going. And so I stashed some money away that I was going to put on my student loans instead. So like I'm good there. But it's just, you know, you just want to I want a little bit. I want certainty. I want an answer as to what's going on and know if I've gotten my unemployment so I don't have to call in and figure that all out. So it's. I'd rather be at work. Anybody who says that people would prefer to be getting paid not to work has never gone through this. I would give I, anything just to walk in the doors and swipe my damn card and do the job that I know how to do as opposed right. to dealing with this. You know, Dude, eh, anyway. I'm getting paid to be on call. And 
I would rather just know that I'm going into work tomorrow. I would rather just go into work Monday through Thursday and work my four tens. Like I'm not going into work tomorrow. I would rather go into work tomorrow than not because I'm going to be stuck at home with my seven year old homeschooling him, not knowing what the fuck I'm doing when it comes to his math. And I, I don't, we don't want that. Right. But when it is the right thing for our community and our society, yes, I will call for it. And, uh, I, I, I think that's what, you know, you were kind of alluding to, like you, you understand your situation sucks. Yeah. But it's the correct situation for you to be in at the 100%. moment with the, with the response that was required for this crisis. So, um, so we're, we're not gonna, we, so we had an interview today. Um, I don't, I don't think we want to go off just the two of us too much about, um, the crisis we're currently in. So we, we brought in, uh, a, a author that you, you have read, um, yes. Mark Freeman. Mm-hmm. I, I had not tonight was my, really my first time interacting with him at all. You had, you had brought him up to me and I was like, yeah, sure. Bring him on. Because if it's an interview, I don't have to do any real prep. So that's great. And, uh, I don't really do preparation anyways. So, I mean, you do all really. the stuff afterwards. So don't sell yourself <laughs> short. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I was just, I, I was like, yeah, sure, let's do that. And then you kind of told me what he does, and I, I was just really intrigued um, to, you know, bring him on in a, uh, you know, talking more about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's what Mark Freeman was talking about. So, you know, I I just really enjoyed our time with him. I, you know, we, I said it um, jokingly that every week I say this is the best episode we've done which that's a lie because I never say that. Um, it just was a funny joke to make at the time. But I do truly think that our interview with Mark was one of the best, yeah. you know, few dozen minutes of recording we've had. Uh, it, it was just, it was very authentic. Yes. Um, it was very relevant and relative to what we're going through right now. Uh, he's talking to two guys who have struggled with anxiety um, and we're struggling with anxiety in uncertain times, whether it's the anxiety of not knowing where your paycheck is coming from or for you, um, yeah. or, or the anxiety of me going, you know, I'm still being asked to go into work <laughs> during this. I mean, and my wife works on a high risk floor at a hospital. And so I, I could be infected and giving it to people I work with or people I work with could be infected and giving it to me and I'm giving it to my wife to take to patients that she's with. You know, like, so there's a, that's what's so just interesting about this, um, this whole circumstance is the, the uncertainty of every situation that everybody is in. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what I, I took away from our time with Mark was that word certainty. Yeah. And, and how that's something that, you know, we want stability and we want certainty in our lives. And, and some, sometimes finding certainty, though, is harmful. Yeah. And he talks about the different ways mm-hmm. that's possible. So that was just one of those just very 
I mean, really hit me in the groin <laughs> of my soul. The groin of my soul. That's where it got me. <laughs> Someone's been writing some songs. <laughs> I have been doing that as well. Yeah. Um, but man, gro- groin of my soul. That sounds like a country song. <laughs> oh, Lord. That sounds like a song Tiger King would write. <laughs> you know, so... Before I talk, before I just give my take on Mark really quick, I have not watched an episode of Tiger King, so I'm seeing all these memes come up, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what the hell any of you are talking about. <laughs> Growing in my soul. Oh, man, I know the name of my next self-titled EP that I record on there my computer. Go. Never release <laughs> the Growing of My Soul. Oh my god. Um, so with all this uncertainty has come more beer drinking, which Mark is also going to talk about. Yep. Um, and is more relevant um, to me at this point in the evening uh, when I found out I didn't have to go to work tomorrow. Uh, so what, what were some of the takeaways you had from our, our talk with Mark, though? You know, I want to... Besides I wanna his cool it. accent. He does. He is. He's Canadian, and so he, that, that accent certainly comes out. Wait, and um, it just it kind of punches you out of nowhere. Like yeah. it'll be the end of a yes. sentence. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, there's that accent. Yes. Um you know, I, I want to preface this by, you know, Andrew and I were kind of talking about before we got on to record this, just you know, we're we're walking this really fine balance right now. We even talk about it with Mark. We're a running podcast. But at the moment, like spring races aren't happening. Who knows what's gonna happen with fall races? we all have this huge thing in our lives right now that is in one way or another affecting us. It's affecting some of us in in some smaller ways than others, but we don't want to, we don't want to beat the topic to death on our podcast and, and lose what we are. But at the same time, we agree that it feels disingenuous to talk about just running as if nothing's going on because, you know, COVID is going on right now. And so uh, one of the reasons that I thought it would be helpful to bring Mark on um, was we had talked in previous episodes, we've been talking about kind of the new normal. And I had talked a couple of weeks ago and we had Eric Geyer on just some of the things we were, we were talking about some of the things we were doing to kind of deal with this new normal. And Mark Freeman, as Andrew mentioned, was somebody that I had read and, and was familiar with. And what stood out to me about Mark Freeman when I read his book, he has a book uh, that he actually, he didn't even plug his book. He plugged reading other people's books. Right. Uh, but he has a book and it is called You Are Not a Rock. Um, and it is, it is about taking a proactive approach to handling mental health. And he talks about it in the interview and I bring it up with him. His, his idea is basically like we wouldn't wait to get a heart attack to go visit a doctor to, you know, build better physical health. And he feels we make a mistake in doing that with mental health. And a lot of people don't necessarily, they tend to look at mental health as kind of like somebody else's problem. Like, well, I don't have depression. I don't have anxiety. I don't need to work on that. I have to jump in. Go ahead. You're spoiling. I'm trying not to spoil too much, but I want people to understand why I brought him on. Uh, just his whole thing is going to be just what we can do to build better mental health because we've all had the rug yanked out from under us and how do you handle that? And so he just talks about strategies 
to handle that. Things that you might see coming up in your life that maybe you haven't dealt with before or dealt with to this extent. And he talks a lot about strategies to handle that. And you asked, you know, what stood out to me about this interview? He will talk for five minutes and everything he says in that five minutes is relevant. It's poignant and it's useful. Right. And it's if and he if, doesn't he doesn't repeat any of it the whole time. He no. never says the same thing twice. Um, and, and I, I thought that was one of the things like, I kept kind of messaging you back and forth. Like, does he know our did you send him our outline? LOL. <laughs> because, I mean, he, he just went with it so perfect, which I know you said was because, you know, you had book notes on him and stuff like that. So you wanted to, you know, you kind of had it outlined out for him to do that. But at the same time, like it was just so perfect. And yeah. Which I think is so poignant and pointed at this point in our world right now. Like, I, I truly 100% that this episode here is one that everybody needs to hear, runners or not. Yeah. Uh, because he talks so much about certainty. And right now, certainty is the one thing we don't have any of. Yeah. We have more COVID-19 tests than we have certainty. And that's saying something. <laughs> so, like, I, that's just – that's what I took so much from this is there – and there almost has to be an acceptance of the uncertainty right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's where, you know, you said we don't want to beat this – like, we don't want to beat a dead horse talking about COVID-19. But it is, you know, what we're all facing together. It's part of our lives like, right now. And it's going to like be. Like it or not. the future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to continue to find ways to, you know, offer encouragement and relevance and um, as much certainty as we can, yeah. you know, in, in ways that we can find. Um, and that that's why we're here. And that's why we do this. And that's why here in just a few seconds, you're going to hear an interview with Mark Freeman, um, author of You Are Not a Rock. So something to remember. Uh moving forward and there's a lot of things to remember moving forward with this so um take a few minutes enjoy your time uh this is us with mark freeman all right so mark uh welcome from canada so the border is shut down but that did not limit our uh, our skype between the united states and canada so we're grateful that we have mark freeman here with us so we've been talking a lot about covid19 recently um and mark i'm kind of curious what's you know, we're, being from the States, we know what our response has been to this. We've had a lot of lockdowns. We've had, well, very loose um, loopholes the size of the Grand Canyon lockdowns. Um, but what, what's kind of Canada's response been, maybe versus ours? Canada's response is, I, I mean, in terms of lockdowns and things like that, not that dissimilar. Everybody, you know, as much as possible is working from home. Streets are empty. It's amazing how quiet the cities are. Uh, and then at the same time, though, so many people uh, end up discovering that they are considered an essential worker. So really, most things Preach. are open. <laughs> um, but I would say everybody's doing a really good job of staying off the streets, not getting into groups, all of that kind of stuff. What about like parks and stuff? This is one thing. So in Ohio, we have uh, Governor uh, DeWine. And he announced yesterday that he's probably going to have to issue an order about parks because everybody is going to the parks. And they're not just going to the parks to go for a hike or a you know, socially distanced mm. <laughs> walk. 
we're having a lot of people um, congregate and they're just too crowded. Like we had to stop going, me and my family, which sucks because uh, the parks we go to, they were just packed. It was like when Pokemon Go first launched. And uh, <laughs> so our are you noticing anything like that too? Are you like, are you noticing any like congregation that should not be happening in places that typically you would like to see it? Um, that might, you know, kind of ruin a good thing for good people. Uh, so I would say in Toronto, people are being pretty good about it and that they're not getting together in groups. Even today, at one point I could hear a bunch of voices outside and I looked out. So I live in an apartment building I looked out because it's kind of unusual right now to hear multiple voices at the same time. And the people, there were people on the far sidewalk, people on this sidewalk, and then there was another group of people, like uh, two people. Um, so they were walking down the middle of the road to keep their distance from the other people. And so, you know, everybody was trying to keep themselves as far away as possible from the other people. And that seems to be pretty much the norm. It's good to hear. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. The parks, parks have big signs up. Uh, family. I saw a, a block. There was a, somebody had a block party in their neighborhood and they shared video of it. Everybody basically just stood out in front of their house <laughs> and I've played seen... music. Yeah. So everybody was like, okay, we're not going closer than our property. Yeah. I've seen that, videos of. Awesome of guys getting together and having a socially distanced beer, like at the end of somebody's driveway, yeah. like it's just five guys hanging out. They're all just in this very loose sort of cluster, six feet apart from each other, just socializing, but socializing in a distant way, the way they're supposed to be. I think so. It, yeah. People are, you know, a lot of people are doing it. I think what's interesting at a time like this is where we start to see how much, we crave social interaction. Mm -hmm. I think it's always interesting at a time like this too. Often what we'll see happen is when people have freedom, they don't, they, they don't do the things they want to do in life. Uh, and then suddenly when that's taken away, all they want to do is go and do stuff, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, like how many weekends do, like I love some of the memes that go around where it's like, all you do every other weekend is just sit around and binge watch TV shows. Now it's what you're told to do and you can't stay in your house. Do it. <laughs> exactly. It's this very human thing that we, we don't take advantage of the opportunities we have. The moment they're taken away, we'll just go to any ends to get them. Even if it's like breaking laws, like they'll, they'll absolutely be, we'll see people getting thrown in jail for, you know, breaking quarantines just because they wanted, I don't know, like go hang out at the beach or something like that. Mm -hmm. That's actually, I think, one of the reasons why they're going to be talking about shutting down some of the state parks here is that we have, we have a beach uh, just outside of Cleveland called Edgewater Beach, and it was about 70 on Sunday down here. And I wasn't up there, but if you went online, you could see that people were, there were huge crowds at Edgewater Park. And it's just, it's 70 degrees in Cleveland, Ohio in March, and we're all stuck with nowhere to go and, and people are just wanting to get out and do those things because they, they can't do anything else. Mm. Mm. This, when you see stuff like that, I think the, uh, it's okay. And I think this is like a really important mental health thing. Uh, and it can sound kind of weird and paradoxical at first, but when we see that kind of stuff to, to be comfortable acknowledging that this is probably going to go on a long time, meaning mm -hmm. like the quarantines and stuff. Cause yeah, a lot of people, you know, we've still got lots of people getting together. We had March break. We had Mardi Gras. 
you know, still lots of people getting together in groups. And so, you know, it'll keep spreading. Uh, and, and kind of recognizing that I find it is, it is, is kind of key. And it sounds weird at first, cause we might want to say, well, I'm sure let's think positive. It'll be over soon, but it can be useful to say, you know what, this, this is going to be the norm. This thing's going to keep spreading right now. So how, how do I handle it? How do I trust myself to handle the worst case scenario? Uh, rather than like, just like the constant wishful, hoping and thinking and then getting upset when it just keeps on going. So do you think there's like a, a mental preparation that you can do? Like I can speak for myself and there's two instances. I was going to have the best two weeks of my life um, between April, the last week of April and the first week of May where I was going to run the Glass City Marathon in Toledo, Ohio uh, the last Sunday in April. And then the first Sunday of May, we were going to go on a cruise, um, me and my wife, my son, uh, to the Caribbean and we had, we had that planned for over a year and you know, now both of those have been taken away from us. I had to break that news to my seven year old, but I really haven't been like grief stricken and upset because I, like I was mentally prepared for it. And mm -hmm. I, I just, I spent, I, and I know it's the right decision, like, I know they were both the correct decision, but like when you're talking about we're looking at this going on for, you know, we're kind of looking at uh, June, June might be the soonest we get back to any semblance of normal. Mm. Like, it sucks to say that, but yeah, I mean, is there like a, and maybe I'm just, I don't know, uh, I'm just thinking of like mental preparation. That's what I just kind of keep telling people that I interact closely with is just be prepared like this shit's gonna last a long time yeah absolutely absolutely because i think there uh there totally is like a little kid inside of us um and we you know we like to think like we're adults or like i like to tell myself i'm an adult uh but i realized no there's still that little toddler inside of me um like i heard my niece she was gonna go to like disney on ice this is a huge deal for her um and disney on ice got canceled uh, there were definitely tears um, and that there is still that little kid inside of us who wants to go and do these things um, and then, you know, gets upset and hurts because of it. But it is then so useful to kind of give ourselves that, that kindness uh, because yeah, we are going to be upset, but then I find also not get, uh, not attach our identity to those things. And that's, that can often happen. Like, like, so even thinking about things like running or, or really any sport uh, or any kind of big event we have coming up in our lives, we'll often attach meaning to them directly connected to our identity. Like, oh, like I'm, you know, this event coming up, this is where I'm really going to show that I've been working so hard or I'm so good at this. Or after this, then I'm going to be able to go and do this other thing. Uh, people do it with things like success, money, like, oh, I'm going to, once I get this good job, then I'll start, you know, then I'll start having a relationship. Then I'll do these other things I want because we see that event as being the thing that will make us us. And then life in its like fantastically wonderful, uncontrollable way comes and takes away that thing. And what can, where we can run into struggle is if we then don't recognize that that thing was actually never part of our identity. Like, we've always been an awesome person. That was just one of the ways we were going to express it. 
But if, yeah, if we've attached ourselves to those events, uh, when they get taken away, it's, it's a big hit to ourselves. And so like you're saying that, yeah, it's really beneficial to prepare for, you know, losing those things. But then, and then also looking like, oh yeah, why, why does that hurt? Like, why does that make that little kid inside of me cry? Um, and how do I now get that same fulfillment from the things that are doable? And so I think even there, like, how do you, you know, how do you make the, the next two weeks the best two weeks of your life? Um, yeah. As I, as I think something, and, and it's not just going to be two weeks, I think it's, it's a question that's going to, mm -hmm. everybody's going to have to tackle. Um, yeah, like, so say we're here until June. How do we make these, I don't even know how many weeks that is. That's like 12 weeks, maybe? How do we make these 12 yeah. weeks awesome, like awesome weeks of our lives within the context we now find ourselves? And, and it's, really, it's a really powerful thing to explore because we may suddenly ha not have many of the things we previously saw as the things that make my life awesome. Yeah. I think it's interesting just to, sorry, Adam, I know I That's told okay. you to ask the next question, but <laughs> I, I, I think it's interesting to like, think about like ha the question, how are you going to make the two next, the next two weeks, the best two weeks of your life? When you think about the fact that we are all just waking up every day, like Adam, especially like my days change a little bit because I might have to go to work one day. Um, but Apart from that, it's waking up every day and just doing the same things over and over and over again in the same walls. So I think that's like an interesting challenge even is yeah. to look at, you know, how can we make the same day? Like tomorrow is going to be the same day as today, but how mm -hmm. can I make it better? 100%. Yeah, it's... It is, a, it is a challenge. Like I, I describe that kind of thing as a mental fitness exercise. There's actually the, the, like the last video I did on my YouTube channel. It's called the happiness exercise. It's precisely that. Like you, you picture yourself locked up in solitary confinement with no control over anything and then figure out how you can be happy there. And, and, but yeah, typically I say this is a really challenging exercise. <laughs> and, but then suddenly so many people are forced into it. Uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be a, it's a sweaty, difficult challenge. I want to go back and look at your background just a little bit, Mark. Um, mm -hmm. I, so I read your book. I actually discovered you. We're, both Andrew and I are huge fans of both Steve Magnus and Brad Stolberg. Oh, yeah. And, and Brad Stolberg had written a tweet about two years ago, I think it was now, talking about the struggles he was dealing with with his mental health and that part of what got him through it was, was reading your book, You Are Not a Rock, and just interactions he had with you. And so that led me to, to read it. And one of the things I loved most about your book is that you are, you liken mental health. You talk about how with physical health, if we took the same approach to physical health as we do with mental health, it would be like waiting until we had a heart attack before we did anything to better ourselves physically. Mm -hmm. And that really, that really stood out to me because at the time I was dealing with, I was in kind of a bad place myself with my mental health and I was very much fixated on the idea of a diagnosis. And, and you kind of shoot that idea down and say, it doesn't really matter what a diagnosis is. There's a lot that we can personally do just to build better mental health. And you learn that from your own experience. 
And so I just wanted to, the things you talk about, you've experienced, you have, you've done for yourself. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what was it that happened in your life that started you down this path to understanding how you can build better mental health? Oh, sure. The, uh, well, thank you for reading. First two, and shout out to Brad. Thank you for sharing uh, about the book as well. Um, it's a great book. I recommend it to a lot of people that have oh, reached out you. to me and talked about just their own struggles with mental health. It's a, it's a great book. It's very accessible. And if you can help us get Brad on, I mean, okay. <laughs> we'd appreciate it. We can work on that. We can work on that. Yeah. The uh, yeah, I think it, it's great. You brought up the like the the kind of the physical fitness heart attack example because um, I think that's what it. So I, I waited with my mental health until it all collapsed. And, but I didn't realize I was struggling uh, with any mental health issues until there really was that problem. Okay. Uh, like everything kind of came to a, like a spectacular halt. And yeah, that's because as a society, we just, we have this weird, again, it's like if we just assumed, okay, everybody until they have a heart attack has great physical health. Uh, and we've come to understand that is not the case with physical fitness. Uh, and also, we want to build physical fitness. Like, why why make it about just avoiding illness? Like, there's all these amazing things you can do. But with mental health, we don't do that. So by the time I went to get help, I was I was just, you know, constantly anxious. I initially just went help, to get help uh, really for depression. I didn't see any of the other stuff going on as weird, even though I would do things like I would just stand at my stove and watch it because I thought it might spontaneously combust. Uh, I, thought, I thought people were trying to poison me. I thought I was poisoning other people. Um, I couldn't walk past a school near where I lived, because I would see the kids falling and like their heads getting smashed open. And I was just this constant kind of ball of panic attacks, constantly stuck up in my head, having, I struggled with, it's called depersonalization. Like I, I would often not think I was me, so I would have to, be checking pictures and reflections and like my ID all the time. Uh, I was washing compulsively. Like I would, I would be convinced things were contaminated. I would just have to, I would either throw out things um, because they were contaminated or I would, I would have to wash my hands and I could never, and this is, this is really relevant to everybody out there now. Uh, I would wash so much and was in constant doubt about what was in my head that I couldn't be convinced that I had washed my hands. So I started to wash my hands until, like under really hot water so that they would be throbbing in pain. And then I would use that pain to reassure myself that I had washed them. And that just got worse and worse and worse because I could, the more I tried to be certain, the less certain I would be. Uh, and so this, in all, and there was so much more. It, it would take forever to describe all the symptoms. The, uh, but. Suffice it to say, things were really bad. I did not realize they were bad. Uh, getting, finally going and talking to somebody about depression, though, started to open up that there were all these other things going on. And then when I started to get help, you know, I, I learned that actually I was doing all of these things that were making my, my mental health and fitness kind of, you know, putting me in, a, in really, really bad shape and that I could change those. I didn't realize there were other ways to think. I didn't realize there were other ways to interact with the world, other ways to have relationships. 
and uh, and then all of a sudden I discovered there were. And a lot of that was that I had to start learning how to have anxiety, like how to have intrusive thoughts and make space for them and not put them in charge of my life. And, uh, and then, yeah, so that started a journey of making all sorts of changes, learning how to get all, over all of this stuff I used to struggle with. Um, and I just, I realized, so making You Are Not a Rock was about realizing there was, it was so weird that there was no, there was nobody that could tell me that it was possible to get over this stuff. And then when I would go online, often I would get told like, therapy exercises from a therapist that I was seeing, but there was nobody explaining online like how to do them successfully. Like if you go to a person, if you go to a doctor and they say, go exercise, you can go on YouTube and you just have all these videos and yeah. you can just do that. Uh, but that didn't exist for mental health. And I just thought that was ridiculous. Uh, and so I just started making that stuff. And that's where the book came from. So it's like the book that I wish existed before my mental health went to shit. So I could have been like, oh, I, I don't have to let it all fall apart. I can actually, I can actually build better mental health. Yeah. And that's how it came about. He just cussed. Yes. And it was organic and it was perfect. I yes. did it. I thought about it. And I was like, no, that's the only <laughs> word I can use right now. Um, you, there was one line in what you just said. Um, and if you have speeches prepared, um, that's amazing that you'd be that prepared for a <laughs> pretty minor podcast. Um, if this is off the cuff, it is even more spectacular oh, because like, <laughs> I, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's that much more spectacular. I, uh, I, you know, I, I've struggled with anxiety in my life and I've, I've, been able to battle through a lot of it. I, at work, I used to, when things would, I was one of these guys, like when things would get tough, I was always looking for the next job. Like yeah. this sucks. This is it. Well, I, I, I hit the point where I was, I was actually looking for other work and got kind of strung along by an employer. Um, ironically is where my wife works and uh, did not appreciate some of the length and time and some of the communication I had that made this job seem so certain, but went on for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I just had to keep doing the job that I hated at the time uh, because it made me feel like shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, But I, I was able to do one thing, and I, I was able – when one day I, I sent in a follow-up email, and I got an automatic reply from that hiring manager that said she was going to be out of town for another 10 days. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I don't need you. If you don't want me, I don't need you. And I got to create my own narrative. And, and I, I emailed them and was like, nah, withdraw my resume. I'm done. I, respectfully and professionally, of course. Mm -hmm. But um, when you said, the more I tried to be certain, the less certain I would be. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I don't know why, like, that line in particular just kind of jumped out to me and all these situations that I've had because I, I always, you know, I always wanted to be perfect at work because if I'm not, I'm going to get fired. And if I'm not hearing that I'm perfect, I'm awful. Like, that's just, you know, how I feel in work. And when I was able to kind of control that narrative and I was able to control my own story, it started to break down some walls for me um, personally. And I started to feel more value in my job. I didn't feel this need for, um, for constant um, feedback and, 
and positive uh, reinforcement in that stuff that would make me feel valuable. I created my own value. And so I just kind of got flashbacks to that whole scenario. And, uh, and when you said that, the more I tried to be certain, the less certain I would be. And that is, that's anxiety, like for me, in a nutshell. I know you, you were talking about stuff that I've certainly never gone through, um, much more severe mountains that you've climbed than I did. But um, that just really resonated with me. So sorry, I just wanted to pop no, in there. No, 100%. And that's what I find. The, 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 mountain, the mountains really are all the same because it's, it's whatever we're chasing certainty about. Um, and, and we often, like, I, I approach it like a practice, like it really is just like physical fitness. And we either start to realize just like what you did there that, oh, like, I want to, I want to be myself. Like, here's a boundary I'm going to put down. I'm going to generate the value here. But, it, and if we don't though, if we just keep chasing that certainty, then the brain just keeps coming up with those bigger mountains of uncertainty. And what I always emphasize to people that always, and this was why it was so it was so useful for me to recognize because yeah, I was always fine. I saw myself as somebody who was fine. I didn't have problems, but it was just that practice. Like, of course we don't see them as problems until they become problems. And we either, we either keep going on that journey of just, of okay, well, I'm going to get more certainty. Okay. I'm going to control this. I'm going to control that. And just sending ourselves more out of control or we start to notice it. And we're like, oh, actually, you know what? I'm not going to chase value from somewhere else. I'm not going to chase certainty from somewhere else. I'm going to start to set boundaries. I'm going to start to practice being me. Uh, and then we get, to, we get to cut that cycle before it keeps going. So good job there. So a quick uh, ending to my story. I'm just going to say what's awesome about it. So I, I worked that position for a few more months that I was not very happy in. And then my company got rid of it. <laughs> of my position because we we <laughs> lost part of our business um, but the beauty was I was able to uh, actually choose another department in the company that had openings that is like the least stressful job I've ever had in my <laughs> entire life so like it was the perfect situation so I got to you know create my own or, or like control my own story um, with telling that one job to fuck off, uh, I was able to battle my demons and become really good at what I was doing in the previous position I was in. Uh, and then I was able to get out of that position at the right time after I'd kind of overcome those demons. I didn't have to, you know, turn around and face them again. But now I'm now I'm in a place where I'm like, I felt victorious. And I think when, when you struggle with certain mental health issues, that's very difficult to feel. I hadn't felt yeah. that way in a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do attribute some of that to running, which we're, we are going to talk about soon because I ran a couple full marathons in like three weeks. And it was um, an amazing experience. But um, And I had talked about that previously on an episode. So, Mark, if you want to hear about it, you're going to have to go back to Christmas time and listen to it. <laughs> I would go back and check it out. No, marathons, I love using marathons as, as metaphors to explain mental health issues. So Don't that, go there yet. Don't no, go there no, we yet. won't go there yet. Adam's going to take us to our next topic. Then we'll get to running, I promise. <laughs> okay. Uh, Swimming. Yeah. You, you, mentioned, 
trying to swim. Um, you mentioned two things there. One is that, you know, for a lot of people, this is going down kind of a bad path is chasing certainty. And you talked about how right now, you know, you, you use this as a practice, you know, trying to put down, trying to chase your, your values is really a, a daily practice for you. And we're in the situation right now where the rug has been yanked out from everyone. There's no one in the world that this isn't touching in one way or another. If you haven't been somebody who has taken a proactive approach to mental health, what are some behaviors that maybe people need to be on the lookout for as there's all of a sudden now a lot of uncertainty in their worlds? Yeah, and I, and I think this is really important for people to recognize because we like to think we still have this idea in our society that mental illness is for other people, like you need a diagnosis, et cetera. But what I always tell people is basically the only reason you don't see yourself having a mental health problem is because you kind of you have a mental model for the world that because of the privileges and the context of your life right now is working fine. And that, but the moment that context changes, you may discover that your mental model does not scale to your new reality. And a lot of people are finding that now. Uh, because maybe before you were doing lots of controlling and chasing certainty, but you could do that. Uh, and then all of a sudden you can't. And then we, you know, the thing to watch out for is that we, we might end up starting to be chasing certainty and chasing control like we used to, but now in situations where it's not possible. Uh, and that, that creates a lot of struggle for us. So that's one thing I'd say to people, like, like be aware, like things have changed. Uh, you, you may notice yourself struggling and that that's totally okay. Now is a great time to then recognize that and make some changes. Uh, so that'd be one thing. The other thing that I, I'm encouraging people to do a lot right now is to recognize that you used to rely on a lot of external sources for novelty. We really like new things. We like discovering things. We like interacting with new people. Often, even if it's somebody we've known for a long time, each day they're bringing stuff into our lives that you know, we didn't expect. We hear new things. We hear unexpected things, like even at work with our colleagues and so on, uh, even if it's about boring stuff. You know, Susan from accounting comes and tells you, I don't know, about the sweater she knit for her dog. You don't care. You, Susan's dog is ugly, but it's something new. And now the brain is missing that. And so it can be really important to make sure that even if you're stuck at home, you're finding ways to bring newness into that environment because uh, you'll crave it. And, and if you don't get it, you'll go and hang out at the beach with a bunch of people and spread uh, coronavirus around. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Can't that stop happened. me from partying now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah, and people. I, I was. Uh, I I live kind of close right here in Ontario. All of the liquor stores are government run, and so okay. they're these kind of like big stores. And so if you want to buy alcohol, you've got to go to the liquor store. And it's called the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, it's, always, it's always fun to share. Yeah, if you haven't been, if you haven't been to Ontario, it's, it's hilarious. There's a liquor store and there's a beer store, and they're all over the place, of course. Um, but I was I was walking near the liquor store the other day, and I could hear grocery carts 
Uh, and usually I don't associate grocery carts with the liquor store, but I guess they <laughs> do have them, or they have them now. Everybody was just walking out with just grocery carts full of alcohol. And the liquor store has been designated one of these essential businesses. It is not closing down. No. Well, uh, you know what? I, I actually I heard an interesting tidbit of information from some friends in Atlanta. So here's why liquor stores will remain open. Um, and this is why they're deemed essential. Because you will have alcoholics going through withdrawals and taking up hospital beds. So yep. you actually ah. have to you you have to feed their addiction right now. We we need them. It sucks, but uh, now's not the time to try sobriety cold turkey. No. Um, because <laughs> you will wind up being part of the problem, and uh, which uh, that sucks. I'd never. Uh, ah man, yep. I kind of wish totally I could. Totally true. It's it's weird to say something like that and actually mean it, because if you were at you should not if you're dependent on alcohol you should seek help. I'm gonna throw that disclaimer in here right now, um, but yeah, like it's just crazy to think that that's where we are in this time. It's, is it's a really good thing to bring up too, uh, because and probably a lot of what we what I was seeing the other day at that liquor store was also. Also, people, um, because again, it's we we get into these habits that you know we might say alcoholism is its own unique problem, and they're absolutely yeah. If you if you take away alcohol from somebody that's been just drinking consistently, regularly for years, it's going to create a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so useful to recognize that there are a lot of things like that, and there are things like that for people that might not even really create a physical problem, but now all of a sudden. From the shock of it being taken away, people don't know what to do, and you might start looking for something. Oh, I've got to, I've got to replace this controlling behavior, because if whatever it is that I'm using to control difficult feelings is now gone, and all of a sudden, because of all of this uncertainty, my brain sees around coronavirus, uh, and maybe my my job, my relationships, maybe my my parents, maybe they're high risk, and I, I don't know how they're doing. All of a sudden, you don't have your old controlling habits. And so, you know, we'll set aside whether it's healthy or not right now, but suddenly your brain's gonna be searching for new ones. Uh, and it's just, just to be aware of that. Uh, it can absolutely be an opportunity to, to recognize that and say, oh, actually, well, maybe we're gonna do, maybe we're gonna do something different now. Maybe we're gonna learn how to work with some of these difficult emotions. Maybe we're going to say, oh, well, I don't, really want to always be doing these controlling habits anymore in my life. What, what else can I do? It, it can absolutely be an opportunity for that. Uh, but it can also just be an opportunity to be aware. Wow, I'm really struggling right now. I'm looking for something to control and I don't have my old controlling habits available to me. So let's just make sure that I don't do something worse. Because uh, what happens is people might like lash out. They're looking for something to control so they they get verbally violent or physically violent with somebody. Uh, and it's just the brain looking for something to control. And that's, that's an easy target. So don't do that. <laughs> you had, um, <laughs> you had mentioned that finding small ways to find newness in your life now was going to be critical yeah. to this. And, uh, that reminded me that a 
big part of your approach, maybe a keystone of your approach, is the concept of mindfulness. That mm-hmm. mindfulness is the foundation you build your proactive approach to mental health on. Yes. Why is that so important for you in terms of building better mental health? Yeah, the, I think the importance comes from me. Uh, because of all the things I used to struggle with, they were very much always about experiencing something that I didn't like. So some kind of uncertainty, uh, you know, a horrifying, violent thought, uh, an emotion I didn't like, and then immediately reacting to that to control it. And that was, you could say, like, that's what mental illness was all about. And it, you know, and one way of looking across diag- diagnoses now, if they look at something that's cross-diagnostic, it might say there's one framework that looks at them all as just being about experiential avoidance. That whether you're hearing a voice that you don't like, you're having an intrusive thought you don't like, it's an uncertainty you don't like, our reaction is to control it. And actually the diagnoses are just definitions of your particular set of controlling behaviors that are maladaptive to the society you live in. So whether you try to control it with alcohol, you control it with self-harm compulsions, you control it with washing compulsively, et cetera. And so mindfulness is the opposite of that. Mindfulness is about having any experience. And, and this is where I think it really ties to mental fitness. If we think about fitness, it's about being able to pick up any weight. It's about being able to run any distance and keep on going. It's the flexibility to move in ways that we haven't in the past. And mindfulness is, for me, really about now having any feeling having any thought and doing the things I want to do in life. I, I got to ask you a question, Mark. Do you, yeah. do you have our outline in front of you? Because no. you were following <laughs> it perfectly. No, see, you just put it together perfectly. <laughs> All the credit goes to Adam on that one. I, I didn't even look at it until like 10 minutes before we got <laughs> on here. I, I had the background with, with your work, so I knew I'd be carrying this one. It's, it's often the opposite way. Yeah, I'm, def- I'm definitely going to be pirating a copy of your book, You Are, you are Not a Rock. Um, uh, crickets. Um, uh, no, I'll buy it. <laughs> I can um, send out, I can maybe, I'll, I'll send out like a copy with Lysol wipes. You can like wipe it down before you read it. Yeah. Can, can you autograph the Lysol wipes for me? Yeah. Oh, I, should, I, I should go and do that. Have like sponsor. <laughs> I used to do this. I I get it. I understand. Yeah. Um. So you you were you were just man. Dang it. See, and there I went and ruined it by making a joke. <laughs> um. So we we have you know there's a lot of running. We're yeah. very goal oriented people. Uh, a yeah. lot of people in the fall uh, are going to be chasing goals. I had uh, dreams of hopefully. I wanted to PR every race from 5K to 26.2 uh, this year. That was my goal, was to set a new PR across my PR board. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, now with our vacation in May being postponed and we're looking at September as maybe a time to go, I, that's my focus. Like, I want to be with my family and my son. And so I'm kind of even throwing a – I haven't – made decisions yet but i'm understanding the reality is i may not run a full marathon this fall as that would i'm not training during vacation and that would be during peak training time so but like 
some of the things that, you know, runners may be facing who are goal oriented, you know, whether it's just to finish a longer race or Boston qualify for Boston or set PRs, like going through all this uncertainty, because you bring up the word certainty and control a lot. Mm. Like what, what are just maybe some of the ways that like you see that we can maybe adapt and, uh, you know, continue to either chase those goals or augment those goals or just modify those goals altogether. Like, what would kind of your approach be in that with all this uncertainty we have right now? Yeah, I, I, and I think, like, one of the, the great steps to start with is to just look at this stuff, you know, like you're doing there, like bringing this stuff up and, and starting to look at, okay, well, that's the thing I wanted to do, but what, like, what can I do now? Like, what's the action? Because uh, if we just get stuck on it or we just get upset about it or we're like, oh, I want to do this and now I can't. It's a, when we get really rigid, that's where a lot of problems start. So I find first is kind of approaching it with that openness that, okay, things are changing. What, what am I going to do? And then one thing that I find is great to look at, even when we're talking about goals and stuff like that, uh, is using how we would handle an injury as a model particularly for big events like this out in society, because in many ways, uh, our communities, you could say the entire world right now, is dealing with an injury. We all want to be moving forward and suddenly we can't. And how would we approach it? So say you, you, know, you had a race set up, all sorts of things planned out, and then for something totally out of your control injured you. And then how would you adjust based on that? How would you be kind to yourself? How would you let yourself heal? Because one of the things we can run into that can actually create a lot of problems is when we were quickly, we're like, well, I've got to, I've got to get back out there. I've got to get back out there. I've got to do these things. Uh, oh, like taking these months off for, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, whatever, that messed stuff up. We've got to get back there and get back there hard and pursue all of our goals. We're going to do all of these goals, uh, what often happens is then we, we, kind of, like we injure ourselves or we create a new problem uh, that only makes us even, only creates more barriers than if we'd just taken the time to let things heal. And so in this case, we're going to be healing society uh, and allowing that to happen and, and kind of recognizing that urge to keep moving and do stuff. And, and accept it. Um, and because I would say, I'll, I'll actually come back to that accepting in a second, because one of the ways we see this, and this is kind of known to be disastrous for your mental health. And uh, the, um, the president of the United States uh, recently was doing this. Mm -hmm. and, and so among <laughs> other things, they're not good uh, for mental health. But did you hear when he, he said, oh, we want to get it open by Easter? Now, they've pushed it back now. Oh, we Don't heard it. Don't you dare say an yeah. ill word. I can't. I was yeah. going to try to come in and act like a <laughs> Trump supporter. I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, no. We, we, uh, we nice heard try. it. Yeah. The, uh, so that's actually – and there's even, a, there's even an example in the book Good to Great. Uh, so it's about businesses, but they talk about this. It's called the Stockdale Paradox. In the example – of the Stockdale paradox, they have to, they actually use the example of a POW who keeps insisting, oh, like we're just going to get out by Christmas, we're just going to get out by Easter. This will all be over by Easter, uh, and they just get miserable and they die. 
and it's that like oh you know everything's going to be solved magically by this time and then everything's going to be solved by this time and we're going to get back and hit it hard uh and it just doesn't and so yeah it's useful to watch out for that and uh, then I, mm -hmm. oh no finish your thought yeah i was going to take it in a slightly different place like what to do about the prs yeah, no, go go there. Yeah, I was please. gonna make a, I was gonna make a stupid comment, so you, oh. you just go ahead and finish where you were going. You'll be much better with this. <laughs> no, yeah. no. Now's a good time, you know, for stupid comments. We we can let them all out. The uh, well, so what I was, I was okay. I was just gonna bring up the amazing Onion article that said oh. that Donald Trump was going to move Easter back to July fifteenth. <laughs> that watch out. That's the kind of stuff people start to do. We. Yeah. It, we, well, it's so yeah. possible. That's what makes yeah. it so hilarious and uh, scary as shit all at the same time. The This kind of magical thinking, uh, yeah, it, it, it gets us into the, these delusions. And even we might start to think like a, a, a thing, you know, I did this all the time and it's still something I keep an eye on. You know, if, if something gets pushed back, then I'm like, well, no, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll just do it all this weekend. Or in the fall, well, I'll do, you know, we'll do the cruise and we'll do three marathons. Like one right before the cruise, one right after the cruise, you know, that kind of thing. That's totally something I would do. And now I know to like, to kind of pause and be like, okay, well, what, what is it? That, like, why do I want to do that? You know, if I'm, if I'm going after PRs, like what, what is it that's so important about that, that I'm actually looking for right now? And by digging into that, then exploring, well, do I need to get it from those things? And what is the fulfillment I'm looking for here? And recognizing, well, you know what? It's, it's not attached to the thing. Like, am I doing this for recognition from myself? Am I looking for recognition from others? Uh, like, is it just because I, I want to make stuff and this is, like, this is my opportunity to show this thing I've been, I've been building and creating? Like, what is that thing I'm looking for? And, you know, to really touch that and understand it. And then, and then look, well, how can I PR elsewhere? Given the context that I'm in right now, how do I, how do I fulfill that need? Uh, and then that's where we get to be flexible and adjust. Because, yeah, we, in, in our head, we'll, we'll happily move Easter. We'll move all of the holidays into one week and do them all at once. Mm. And, and we'll, you know, we'll just exhaust ourselves. And again, yeah, we'll, we'll end up kind of injured and worn out and exhausted. Yeah. How do you PR? There's one other group of runners slash exercisers I'm thinking about right now. And it's, you're seeing articles about how people are using this time to kind of either commit or recommit to exercising. And that's obviously a really good thing. But the thing that I think about, and you've touched on this about the interview, is that we tend to chase uncertainty. And for as beneficial as running has been to me, I turned to running when, at a time in my life when I felt like I had very little control over it. And my relationship with running then wasn't maybe the most healthy that it could have been. Mm -hmm. It was, I was kind of, you know, this was the thing I could control. It was the thing that I could chase. What, what would you say to people just to make sure that Hey, it's great that you're exercising, but make sure that you're you're getting the right things out of it. Make sure it's not kind of a compulsion that you're chasing, as opposed to a, a really helpful way to 
deal with the times that we're in. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's a really important point to bring up. And it's the thing to look at there, and this is always the thing, like if we're using exercise uh, to control, and so if we're using it as control, we're like, oh, I, we're judging ourselves in the mirror, we're checking ourselves, and we're like, oh, I don't like that, or I need to fix that. Or even if it's some kind of, I don't know, we've attached it to our self-esteem in some way, I need to have you know, this score, I need to be doing X, Y, Z. If we've done that, then yeah, it's going to be this misery practice time. And I think another way, actually, that people can really explore this right now is now a lot of people are home and they're not seeing other people. And they may notice that the way they groom themselves and like get ready, do their hair, do their makeup in the morning, wash, is going to change. Because if they were doing it in the past just to control what other people think, if they were doing it in the past just to, like just because they were trying to fix themselves, like I'm this, the way I look is a problem to fix, so now I've got to fix it because other people are going to see me, they may suddenly like stop taking care of themselves. And now is a really neat opportunity to discover how you want to take care of yourself just for you as like something you want to give yourself uh, and learning how to make like getting ready in the morning that actually like it was never healthy to spend 30 minutes just hating yourself and trying to control yourself. Um, now is a chance to make it about what you want to give yourself and exercise can be the same way. Like how do you want to exercise in a way that's just like to enjoy using your body uh, because that's a thing you can do and you want to have some body using time in your life each day uh, and yeah you may you may want to increase your body using time because you may see wow like I can you know I can hit the exercise bike and look it's it's like really fun to use my body and see how far I can push it and I want to see how far I can push it and how fast I can push it uh, and so yeah making it about that curiosity that exploration and that giving to ourselves That'll make it healthy. If it's about controlling and fixing, it'll be misery practice time, which is rough. Yeah. It's all rough times right now. But <laughs> we, we, I, I, we're, we're having a blast with you here right now. Um, we are. So um, any resources at all that you'd care to share? We're going to be wrapping things up here pretty quick, but... Um, any resources at all that you'd have that you'd like to share with, uh, with anybody? The, um, right now, so I mean, I guess I have my website, markfreeman.ca, uh, and I have a YouTube channel that if you search Everybody Has a Brain, that's where I do, I do weekly uh, Q&As and, and share mental health videos on there and all that kind of stuff. And then I think the thing I always tell people about resources right now uh, is actually, you know, to look at, resources that are going to help you do the things you care about in life. Uh, like now could be a great time to like grab a, a book on running that you'd be interested in. Or yeah, if you've always been interested in something else, now's a great time to grab a resource on that. Um, but I would say anytime is an opportunity to do that because we, we so, so easily go into problem solving mode rather than building and creating mode. So that's what I always look for in resources. Is this going to help me build something? Is it going to help me create something? what are you so we've been doing a couple of just like brief interviews with some of our listeners just kind of talking about you know how things have changed um and we've been asking them when all this is over beyond besides running because obviously we're all really yeah. excited about getting back to running what's the one thing 
you're looking forward to when when the quarantine lifts and normalcy kind of resumes and it can't be related to like your book or like helping <laughs> other people either just like the one simple task the one simple moment you were most looking forward to yeah a simple moment the um i there was let's see you know what i just before this happened like i was gonna go to columbia and my plan at first i was like oh i wish i'd just gotten to columbia sooner so i could hide out in the andes and then i'd I'd come back down from the mountains after but i i think it'll be like going so i was gonna go learn spanish and so yeah it'll be something simple like that like go be in a room of people and learn something where like especially something you can really only learn like you can i can practice spanish online and stuff like that but like the enjoyment of being with people you know going to a cooking class with other people stuff like that i'll really enjoy doing again at first i was like holy shit his uh the thing he's gonna miss is way more grand than everything else he's talking about going to columbia and hanging out in the (laughs) these mountains Everybody else is like, I just want to go to a restaurant. Yeah. But, but you you brought it back to a little more like real life there. But at first I was like, damn, who did we get on this podcast? I want to go. I'm following a taco restaurant in Bogota, Colombia, just because I like I was going to go there. And I was like, oh, I can't go. So I, I just follow their Instagram. I like all their tacos. I'll go to a restaurant. Those are going to be the best tacos you've ever had when you finally get down there. And if you feel like listening to other episodes of us that might interest you, we had one where we debated many things about food, like tacos and pizza. We're not going to get into it now because I'll get fired up and we need to close this out. So, Mark, we, we are so... We are so glad that you uh, that you joined us tonight. I, I had a lot of fun. I say this every week, but I really do feel like this is our best episode yet. Um, now we really and, have time here tonight. Yeah, this is uh, it was just really good. Like, I mean, stuff that really, like, I mean, definitely hit me like where I've seen myself, um, and I, I'm just, I just really enjoyed hearing it tonight and getting. Just somebody who's gone through, you know, similar shit to me, you know, and and here you talk about it, how you're helping people work through that stuff. And I really cannot wait to read uh, your book, You Are Not a Rock. Uh, So I'm just going to hit that one more time. You are not a rock. Uh, (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. It was it was awesome talking. You know, yeah, thank you for making space for this. It's so useful to make space for this in these other like talk about running and brains because. Yeah, every time mm-hmm. we go running, we're running with a brain. So mm-hmm. that's, oh yeah, thank you so much. So uh, Mark Freeman, you can find him on uh, what, yeah, Instagram at Mark W. Freeman. Do I have this right? That is and correct. Then, yeah. And then Twitter, the path to change. Yep. All right. Um, so yeah, definitely go check him out. I'm going to be reading the book, Faux Show. After I clean it with my uh, <laughs> autographed <laughs> Clorox wipes, um, but yes, we, we're so grateful again, uh, guys. Thank you so so much for listening, Mark. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, thank you, Adam. Thank you for cutting time out of your schedule. Um, hey, my schedule's wide open, man. I know. I'll probably talk to you tomorrow or something. Probably. Uh, <laughs> But uh, 
feel free. We do have our website, RustBeltReading.com. You can go there. We have a shop set up, and our payments are finally working and going yes. into a checking account, and I don't have to pay them out of my own pocket anymore. Uh, so you can buy stickers, shirts, whatever. I don't know if you want to. Um, also, on your favorite podcast platforms, rating us always helps. So uh, it helps other people discover us and just – it's a it's a real boost of confidence to Adam and myself. I I feel more certain when uh, <laughs> when those positive ratings come rolling in. So, um, yep, that's it for this week. So we'll see you next week, Mark. I look forward to interacting with you much more on social media. I I I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know really anything much about you until adam brought you up and i regret that like i i say that seriously like i mean you, you had you brought a lot of good stuff to the table tonight and i just i i really enjoyed hearing it so um i look forward to you know getting to know you better and getting to know what you're what you're about a little more so oh, yo thank you yeah we absolutely can the uh <laughs> there's lots of time to be on social media right now so good and bad there yeah. yeah 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 in a healthy way. Yeah. But you, you know what's crazy, though? All the time we have, I feel like I can't get shit done. Uh, yeah. Like, it is the damnedest thing. Like, I am just, I can't get anything done. But I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to get one thing done tomorrow. That is my goal. Yeah. I th- that's Start a good there. way to think it. I find, I tell people, like, working from home and like just working at weird times is like learning how to run. Like, you're lucky if you get around the block the one yeah. first week. Yeah, it's a weird thing. All right, well, thanks again to you in Canada. Stay safe. Um, go to the liquor store before they run out of everything. <laughs> and um, Adam, I'll talk to you soon. To everybody else, stay safe, stay clean, stay inside. Enjoy your miles, everybody.